0: Welcome back to another episode of Peter's Proffer in the courtroom of current events and today we're going to talk about the vice presidency with Kamala Harris being announced as Joe Biden's running mate. We figured we'd take a second and talk about what the vice president actually does, how the vice president is chosen and how that may differ historically. And then, what happens if the president dies? How does that process work for the vice president to step into that role? So I've got Pete Sardis and George Tragos on the podcast with me today, breaking this down, and this is just a fun current event episode that we're doing, but we also like to answer your questions. So if you guys have any questions for us, find us on social media at Tragos Law, or you can send me an email, petertragos at greeklaw.com. So, with the newest vice presidential candidate announced, Kamala Harris, with Joe Biden recently, I figured we'd jump in and talk a little bit about the vice presidency. Um, Dad, we're going to start with how they pick a vice president, but in order to get historical context, why don't you tell us how they did it originally and how it's kind of morphed into what it is today?
1: Well, I think people always assumed it happened like it happens today. The president picks his vice president. But when the Constitution was first written, there was no vice president. And they formed a committee for the leftover business, and they decided to have a vice president. And then they figured that what the vice president would be was the person who got the second highest number of votes in the electoral college. So the president gets the first, the vice president gets the second. That turned out to be a bad idea. So that would have
0: been like Hillary Clinton would have been Trump's vice president.
1: Right. That would have worked out well. And that's exactly the bad idea, because the the draft of the Constitution never anticipated the two-party system when they wrote it. And then what happened was John Adams gets elected and Thomas Jefferson becomes his vice president. Well, they didn't get along at all, and everything Adams tried to do, Jefferson tried to undercut it. So it was always a problem. Then the next election, Thomas Jefferson gets elected, and now we've got this play, Hamilton, that's really showing this. And Aaron Burr, he and Aaron Burr tied in the number of electoral votes. So it had to go to Congress, and Congress picks Jefferson, and his enemy, Burr, becomes the vice president. Well they realized that wasn't going to work. So there was a constitutional amendment to change it so that it would be the same party and it would be a single ticket of president and vice president.
0: Okay, and Pete, as we jump forward today, how is the vice president chosen? Well, practically or legally? Both. Okay, legally they can pick anyone they want uh, for any
1: reason uh, whatsoever. Practically...
0: When you say they, let's get specific. How
1: is the vice president chosen? The presidential elect candidate... Uh, meaning the person that's going to be the candidate for that party, picks.
0: Right, so the Democratic candidate picks who they want their vice president to be, the Republican Party candidate picks who they want their vice president to be, or any independents. If you run and you get far enough, you end up picking a vice presidential candidate that's on the ballot with you. Practically...
1: I think that most of the time, the candidates and the party will align a vice president that is good for elective for election
0: purpose, an electable vice president. Right. A lot of times, they pick somebody that may have a stronghold on a state that the president may struggle in, or you know, with a different background. Maybe one's a prosecutor or something like that. If they want to be tough on crime or whatever, they they pick them for all sorts of reasons. Usually to balance right. the presidential. Candidate. There's a reason why Pence is Trump's vice president. Right. So it's a, it's all you know they. are there's always a reason why they pick them, and sometimes we don't know the reason, sometimes we can guess, but a lot of times it's just somebody that is picked to work well with the president as opposed to back in the day where they were polar opposites fighting the entire election season, and then now all of a sudden they have to work together.
1: I think a lot of people think that's the primary selection criteria, is who they're going to work well with. Because a lot of times they pick uh, somebody from a state and they lose that state. Right. But they actually work well with that person, and that's why they want them to be the vice president. Plus, they have to think who you know will this person be competent should they have to be president and that's another criteria i think they use
0: right and and we'll get to a little bit more into that but i think that's one of the the only prerequisites to being vice president is that you do also have to um, constitutionally, have the ability and not be precluded to be president, meaning you're a you you were born in the United States, things like that. Like you over have thirty-two action, years of age, exactly. All of the prereqs to be a president, you have to have those boxes checked to be vice president, just in case one day the president dies and you become the president. Um, so, why do you think we have a vice president? A lot of people think the vice president doesn't do anything. So, let's talk about. Um, what they do and why it's necessary to have a Vice
1: President. Well, the first thing they do, and constitutionally the first thing, is they're the President of the Senate, which means they actually run procedurally the Senate, but they can't vote or even argue in the Senate unless there's a tie vote. That's the only time the Vice President can vote. In in Now, in modern times, the vice president hardly ever even shows up at the Senate. They used to be they were there all the time running the meetings, but now the president pro tem runs the meetings and the vice president only shows up for specific occasions, such as the vice president has to preside over any impeachment of any federal officer other than the president. If it's the president, and we've just seen this recently with President Trump, the chief justice of the Supreme Court comes in and presides. A question that's left unanswered, and it hasn't happened, is what if the vice president is being impeached? Does he sit as the person that's running the meeting for his own impeachment? Because according to the Constitution, he's the guy that sits there for every federal officer other than the president. So that's the first duty that we find in the Constitution. There are some other statutory duties. For instance, uh, the vice president is on the Smithsonian Institute Board of Directors, Um, and he is also a statutory member of the National Security Council. These are all things that are jobs that are laid out in laws and rules and regulations. Otherwise, he's mostly whatever it is the president wants him to be. Sometimes presidents really rely on vice presidents. Sometimes presidents don't. What about when they can be the tie-breaking vote? Well, then they come in, and that's happened. Actually, Biden never had to do that when he was vice president. Uh, Already, uh, I think the number is that we've had nine times where Pence has had to sit as the tie-breaking vote in the Senate.
0: Yeah, and that seems to be one of the bigger powers is when they are the tie-breaking vote in the Senate.
1: Especially when we have such a close Senate number right now between Republicans and Democrats.
0: Any other special powers or things that the vice president has? I mean, I'm sure there's plenty of things that they do, but I'm saying anything else
1: stick out. You know, those are the only constitutional or statutory powers. But the 25th Amendment is the power where he takes over as president. And
0: let's get to that. That's where we're kind of going to. The right. biggest power is they could potentially become president if something were to happen to the vice... Or I'm sorry, if something were to happen to the president, then the vice president would step in. So explain what the 25th
1: Amendment says. Well, the 25th Amendment, if we can go just a little bit before it was passed, it used to be that the Constitution said they take over the duties of president, but there was nothing in there that said they were actually going to be the president. And so there was a lot of argument about whether or not if a president dies, is that vice president the president or just taking over the duties of the president? 25th Amendment took care of that. Something happens to the president. Then the vice president takes over, and there's various ways something can happen to the president. One, the president himself can say, "Look," and it's happened with Reagan, and it's happened with Bush. I'm going to be in an operation. I'm going to be, you know, under the knife for a couple hours. I can't perform my duties. Therefore, I sign a Twenty Fifth Amendment document, mm-hmm. and the vice president becomes president for a couple seen hours.
0: seen Air Force One? They remember that also happened with Air Force One when Harrison Ford was captured by the terrorists on the plane, and she signed the 25th Amendment, his vice president, to take over presidential decision-making.
1: That was not because the president said he couldn't do the duties. No, no, I'm saying he couldn't do the
0: duties, so so they signed over to her. Oh, you're saying... That's section
1: four of the 25th Amendment. Now, that part, it's the cabinet. If the vice president and a majority of the cabinet vote that they can't perform their duties... Then the vice president takes okay, over. So that's so there's what happened two in ways Air Force it can happen. One. Okay, right.
0: that's Air what Force happened in one, Air Force right. One, obviously, because he couldn't communicate with them, so they took his power away.
1: Right. Okay. And then the 25th Amendment also says if you have a vice president that becomes president, then the office of vice president is open. So, how do you fill the office of vice president? The president nominates somebody, and both the House and the Senate. have have to to approve the nomination and when
0: you say the president appoints somebody you mean the vice president that has now become president the new president Right, right The new president the former vice president nominates somebody and both the house and the senate have to affirm correct okay um so how does that process work is it seamless is it automatic does it take time do things have to happen before the vice president actually becomes president
1: well, you know, it's because it's never really happened other than a president voluntarily relinquishing his post. Or dying. Or dying. Um, you know, they, they just signed a piece of paper, and uh, basically, and it happened. And he, that that person became president. So, so what,
0: what are some of the examples in the past of vice presidents taking over, and I mean... Um, taking over, fi- I don't know what the word I'm looking for is. They actually took over, not just you know for an operation. No or for- finality. So right, you're talking right, about right, like right.
1: Abraham Lincoln right, who was exactly. killed in Ford's Theater, therefore right. his vice president. So what are
0: some other things that happened? Abe Lincoln, obviously, it happened to JFK, um, McKinley, Nixon. Yeah, but Nixon was different because he wasn't killed. Right, so, he, so he, that's another way that the vice that the president well, can be removed from office and
1: vice president. Well, he can be There's actually been nine times okay, that a vice a vice president has taken over in the middle of a term okay. for a president. Go ahead, let's go through. And, and those have uh, basically been for uh, I think the deaths, either assassination, an assassination right. or they died of natural causes. Uh, we've never had a, uh, a president whose impeachment has who's been convicted of an impeachment. Right, we but, talked but about Nixon that. Resigned. Right. Right, Nixon
0: resigned. Right, we did a whole podcast on impeachment, and technically Nixon resigned, so he wasn't impeached, but he still left and his vice president took over. Right. So, this has happened nine times in our country's history where a vice president has taken over in the middle of a term um, for a president that has either died or been removed from office. So, we're just going to quickly go through and list these nine just for the listeners' edification if they have um, a wonder of who these nine presidents were. So John Tyler took over after he was the vice president for President Harrison, and he was, his presidential term was 1841 to 1845. He succeeded William Henry Harrison after he died of pneumonia at 68 years old. Next was Millard Fillmore. He was the vice president for President Taylor, um, and he was a president from 1850 to 1853, and he succeeded Zachary Taylor after his food poisoning death at 65. Next is Andrew Johnson, VP for President Lincoln. Uh, Term was 1865 to 69, and after, obviously, Lincoln was assassinated. Chester Arthur was the VP for Garfield, and he was president from 1881 to 85, and this was after Garfield was assassinated at the age of 49. Next was Teddy Roosevelt, who was actually the VP for William McKinley, and he was the president from 1901 to 1909 after William McKinley was assassinated at the age of 58. Next was Calvin Coolidge, who was the vice president for Warren G. Harding, and he was the president from 1923 to 1929 following Warren Gene Harding's death from stroke at the age of 57. Next up was Harry S. Truman, who was the vice president for FDR. His presidential term was 1945 to 1953, and he succeeded President Roosevelt when he died at 63 of a cerebral hemorrhage. Next, Lyndon B. Johnson, vice president for JFK. He was president from 1963 to 1969 after JFK was assassinated at 46 years old. Next up was Gerald Ford, who took over for Nixon, and he was president from 1974 to 1977, and he uh, succeeded Richard Nixon following his resignation, not impeachment. So those are the nine times in our country's history where the vice president actually became president. And a lot of those times, if you listen back to the how long the terms were, they actually ran for president after um, that term of the previous president ended and were re-elected. Um, So a lot of times they do then fulfill that duty of president more than just the term of the president that was prior to them. So what happens when the vice president is about to take over for a president either after they died or after resignation or impeachment or whatever it may be? What happens if the country doesn't want that person to be president? Can they do anything to stop it at that point?
1: The only thing they can do is impeach the uh, president, because uh, the Constitution says they become president. So again, without an impeachment, he's the president.
0: So that's why it's so important when you vote in the presidential election to also know who the vice president is, because one day they actually could, in nine different times, they have become the permanent president um, at the time where the president was incapacitated for
1: whatever reason. And a side note, I think, is um, of the people who have been vice president, Five times they've been elected president after the term was up of the president they were working for, who they were vice president for. Uh, John Adams, Thomas Jefferson, Martin Van Buren, Richard Nixon, and George H.W. Bush were all elected directly. Excuse me, not all directly. Four of the five were directly vice president to president.
0: Let's just clarify real quick, because you said that right on the heels of something I said. I said that the president that took over after incapacitation midterm has won a lot of times in the nine that I just mentioned. You're saying, different from that, five different vice presidents ran after their president was done being president, but not dead, and they became president in the future. So a lot of vice presidents, including Joe Biden, now trying to run for president, a lot of vice presidents then in the future run for the presidency, and you're saying five times they've been successful.
1: Right, and only in one of those times, because Nixon was an exception, it wasn't directly after they were vice president. The other four... Vice president to president. Nixon lost the election when he was vice president then came back to win the presidency. So you're saying he was never vice president. He was vice president but didn't get elected directly after Oh, being I get vice what you're saying. So, so
0: he ran for president, lost, right. and then ran again and won. Right. Again like Joe Biden who's tried this a bunch of times and now he's trying to be a vice president that becomes president. Okay, so that's what's so important about the vice president. It's a big political figure, even though a lot of people joke that they don't really do anything when they're in office as a vice president. They could have the big dog seat one day, and a lot of them in the future do run for that big dog seat. So I think it's really important to remember that when we look at the elections and we look at the vice presidential candidates, I think that's important to um, understand as well. So hopefully you guys enjoyed this podcast. Hopefully you learned something about American politics today, how it differs from the the past that we've done things. And if you guys have any questions about current events or any legal questions you want us to hit, feel free to reach out to us. We're happy to do it.